What's up? Hey, what's up? I don't come to this service. Uh, usually I'm on the Huimanu side, but here I am. I'm Pastor Tom. If you guys don't know me, I'm one of the executive pastors. And I'm also the campus pastor of Huimanu. And uh, so they got me on video over there. And uh, so here I am. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I want to encourage you to do uh, one thing before I start preaching. Go to the worship night. Go to the worship night. I mean, it's an incredible thing. I think it's a good reason why we're doing it because we got this uh, make room for more project. And let's, come on, we got to start it off with God, right? Praising God first. But you know what the most amazing thing is when we get together, I've been to some good concerts in my life. It's, nothing's better than when the family of God comes together and we sing together to God uh, as one family. And so it's going to be fun Wednesday night. Got to be there. Got to be there. Um, but yeah, we are starting our, our, our uh, Make Room for More project. Uh, we're building a building. Yeah. Oh, man, that's crazy. Um, I hope you guys are praying and then listen and then you obey. But I, I want to remind you of why we're doing it. And you constantly have to remind yourself why you're doing this. Bottom line is Jesus... That's, that's, the, that's the one thing. But uh, the most amazing thing is what Jesus does with, with, with people, with brokenhearted and uh, the healing that he brings and the transformation that he does through the Holy Spirit. And he changes lives. Can I just say one thing? Jesus works. I, I wanted a better response than that. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Jesus works. Amen. He works. For some weird reason, Jesus works. Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. He's God. He works. Man, there's a lot of options out there, but man, Jesus is the one that really, really works. And I want you guys to remind you of all the transfer, the, the lives, your, your transformation, what he's done in your life. And we're going to just show testimonies of just what God has been doing uh, through, through uh, what God has been doing, what God is doing through this church. And we have one I want to show you, my friend Ernest. And he's just a short little testimony of what God uh, has done in his life. So check it out. Hi, I'm Ernest Mercado. Um, I've been coming here for about a year and I used to be a real angry guy before and since I came into the Lord, the Lord came into my life and changed my life. I'm a much better person now. I get along well with my wife, my family members and um, I'm usher here on the dream team and I love that job yeah. and I love the worship team. The worship team is awesome. You can feel them. I'm telling you, anybody who comes up here can feel them when they first come for the first time. I love that place. I love the feeling coming up here. I come for the time setters in the morning, help them out, and I come in usher. It's awesome. It's an awesome place to be. Yeah, isn't that good? Yeah. And can I tell you, that is just one of many, isn't it? I mean, we're, look at us. Look, look at you. Look at every single person here. And the, the privilege that I have is I know Ernest. I've seen Ernest come. I've seen Ernest come with his whole family. I got to dedicate his grandson to the Lord on this stage on a Friday night. Come on. That's a privilege. That's a privilege. Um, last Ohana Beach Sunday that we did, man, I saw him, Ernest, and his friend Mike. They got baptized. I, got, I saw him got baptized, water baptized. And not only him, he's got his wife, he's got his, his, his kids, he's got his grandkids coming. There's influencers. This is, it's not one person impacted by Jesus. It's one, one person impacted by Jesus. His whole family impacted by Jesus. All of his friends impacted by Jesus. That's why we do what we do. Amen? Amen. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're building a new building. And I want to encourage you guys. Um, if you guys are bold enough, if you guys, are, if you guys want to share your testimony, if you're thinking like, my testimony is better than that guy, you know? <laughs> 
We actually have Tammy and Justin. They're going to be out in the courtyard, and they're going to film you. Come on, share your testimony then. Uh, if you got something to share, and it could be a minute or so, but go out there, and they're going to be roaming the courtyard. And if you got something to say about how good our God is, we want to hear about it. Amen? So go ahead and tell us about that. So, uh, but, uh, you know, last week, Pastor Carl shared the prayer of Jabez. I don't know, that's how I say it, Jabez. And it's, it's a cool prayer, and it, it showed a, a man, an attitude that he had to make room for more. That's what the series is called. That's what the project is, is called. The, the whole uh, name is based on this scripture. And really, Jabez had this attitude of making room for more. He had this proper one, this right one. And so I want to read it again in First Chronicles 4. It says this. Uh, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth has been, had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory and please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And, and I love this. And God granted him his request. God granted. I think that's very important that, man, God did it. He didn't just pray it, but there's proof here that God actually did it. Why? Because he was honorable. Why was he honorable? Because, well, not only that he asked boldly to, to God for bless him and expand his territory. This is why I consider him honorable, because he wanted God to be with him in it. He didn't want to just bless me, bless me, give me money, give me, give me the perfect home and the perfect marriage, all that. No, he was all, and God be with me. I can't do this without you. You need to be with me. And, when, and because of the influence and the impact that I'm going to have with the blessing and the, and the territory, Lord, please protect my stuff because you know what? I'm going to give you glory every single time. I'm going to glorify your name. So please help me to continue glorifying your name. And I think that what, that's what makes him honorable in this prayer. And he, and he had the right attitude to make room for more. And, and with us is... Don't we want more? I'm going to ask you a question. Who here wants more? Come on, let's see the hand. Let's see it. Raise your hand. Who wants more? I want, I want to see the evidence. You know why? Because the rest of you guys are liars. If you didn't raise your hand, you want more. You actually do. Because I, th I thought about this. Like in my life, it's a nonstop desire want for more. It is. It, uh, uh, when I was in elementary school and I was a short little kid, my desire was, I want to be past 5'5". Five five. That didn't happen. I want more height, you know? And when I was in high school, I wanted a career. My, I started off with uh, being, a, I wanted to be an engineer. I was good at math, but then God got a hold of me, and so I wanted to get into ministry. And so I wanted a career in ministry. I wanted more of that. I didn't want to just work at uh, the Times Coffee Shop for the rest of my life. That's where I worked, in Kailua. I, I didn't, I wanted more. And then after that, I wanted to meet someone and get married. I wanted to add one more. You know, and then after I got married, guess what? What did I want? Kids, more. I wanted more. And I got three kids. You know what? Then you know what I need? Now I need more room. I need a house. And so I, it, are you with me? There's a constant more and more. You know what my heart's desire now is, is I want to get out of debt that's going to pay for that house, the marriage, and the kids. Which, which means now I want less, which is I want less debt, you know, which is <laughs> but we all, and that's the honest truth, that in our hearts, we do want more. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been a Christian a long time. And here's the, two, here's the thing I've learned. This is the one thing I've learned. That if, to chase your dreams, to get all your aspirations to come true, to, 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 to what's in your heart, to actually become reality, there's a wrong way to do it. 
And there's a God way to do it. And there's God's way to do it. And I, and I, I, I get it. The reaction is there's a wrong way and there's a right way. But you know what? My right way could be wrong. Because I'm human and faulty and I have all these insecurities and weird thoughts. I, I want to tap into God's way. I have to tap into God's way. He has a bigger perspective than I do. He has better resources than I do. If I really believe who God is, the God that he is, then I don't want to do it just Tom's right way, which I think it's right. I want to tap into God and do it God's way. Amen? Amen. And so we looked at Jabez, and we're going to be looking at another guy um, who I love, is uh, David. And uh, we're going to see how he did it God's way uh, rather than the wrong way. And, you know, David, I love the, the Bible because it's real. It showed some of his mistakes. But, man, David did some right things. He was a man after God's own heart. And we can learn a lot from him. And this situation, this story that we're going to be reading today is really similar to our situation. And that's kind of why we picked this verse. But let's turn to First uh, Chronicles 28. And this is a story of what was a desire, a heart's desire, a dream, his desire to make room for more. And uh, this is the beginning of making it happen. In First Chronicles 28, it says... David summoned um, all the, oh, before I, before I say this, I want to just backstory. David is already king, by the way. He's a little older. He's ready to pass off his kingship to his son, Solomon, if you guys know uh, the Bible. And so it, it's, it, he's been established, and so he just wants to get this done. And then it says this in verse 1, David summoned all the officials of Israel to Jerusalem. The leaders of the tribes, the commanders of the army divisions, the other generals and captains, the overseers of the royal property and livestock, the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the other brave warriors in the kingdom. David rose to his feet and said, my brothers and my people, it was my desire to build a temple where the ark of the Lord's covenant, God's footstool, could rest permanently. I made the necessary preparations for building it, but God said to me, you must not build a temple to honor my name. For you are a warrior and have shed much blood. Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, has chosen me from among all my father's family to be, uh, to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen the tribe of Judah to rule. And from among the families of Judah, he chose my father's family. And from among my father's sons, the Lord was pleased to make me king over all Israel. And from uh, among my sons, for the Lord has given me many he chose Solomon to succeed me on the throne of Israel and to rule over the Lord's kingdom. He said to me, your son Solomon will build my temple and its courtyards for uh, I have chosen him as my son and I will be his father. If he continues to obey my commandments and regulations as he does now, I will make his kingdom last forever. A couple more verses, bear with me. So now with God as our witness and in the sight of Israel, the Lord's assembly, I give you this charge. Be careful to obey the, all the commandments of the Lord your God so that you may continue to possess this good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. And then this, this is a cool, cool key verse. He turns to his son, Solomon, the heir to the throne, right? He says, and Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with, all, uh, with your whole heart and a willing mind, for the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. 
Okay, I wanted to read that whole thing so you get the whole uh, glimpse of what's happening and with David and his desire, what's, uh, what's in his heart. And so David loved God, was a worshiper, if you guys know him, and uh, he's like, you know what, I want to build a temple. And what was a temple? It was a permanent structure for the, for, uh, earthly structure for the, the Lord to dwell in on, here on earth. He wanted, the, he wanted that for the Lord. You know why? Because before that, they had a tabernacle. Now, what's the difference with tabernacle? Well, the tabernacle, uh, the Hebrew word for what they called it was the dwelling place. But it was a portable dwelling place. It was the dwelling place that when Moses took the people out of Israel, if you guys know the story, right? Um, he, they wandered the wilderness for 40 years, but God set the system up so that the priests could do their priestly duties so that they could make offerings for the forgiveness of sin. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And that's where, they said, that's where God dwells. And that's, he, we, we know, it was like a, a, a very visual sign of God is with us. God is with us. And so, but it was, a, it was a portal. So every time they moved, they would take it down and plant someplace up and put it back up. And so when they finally after the 40 days in the wilderness, kind of occupied the promised land, uh, they, they picked a spot, uh, a town named Shiloh, and they actually set up the, 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 the same portable tabernacle um, in this town called Shiloh. And you know what the, the Latin definition of a tabernacle is? It's this very holy word, tent. <laughs> or hut. Very similar to the place that... We're in right now. <laughs> and here's the one thing, you know, like Carl uh, said last week, that we are past the warranty on this tent. And I'm a firm believer the only thing that's holding this tent together is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it seems, that's God right there. It's like, you know, and so thank the Lord, amen? amen? He's protecting our stuff right now, but we have plans now for us to build a permanent structure and uh, hopefully in three years. But you know what? Um, in the history of the Bible, the tabernacle in Shiloh was there for 300 years. Pray it doesn't take that long. <laughs> it was there for 300 years, but David's like, God, I want to give you a permanent home. I want to do this for you. And what, it, that's why it was so important to David. Actually, in, in the New King James Version, it says this. This is what it says in verse 2 when he announced it to all of his close uh, confidants. He said, uh, then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brothers and my people. I had it in my heart to build the temple. He says that. I had it in my heart. It was this passionate thing. This this thing he desired greatly. He loved the Lord so much. He's like, God, I want to do this for you. It was deep inside of there. And so this, this kind of begs the question is, what is in your heart? What is in your heart right now? What is the thing that you want more of, Right? What, it, what, like right now, just take a second and go, I have it in my heart to have success in, my, in the business that I started. I have it in my heart to meet someone and to start a family. I have it in my heart to own a home in Hawaii. That is a miracle. Yeah, I mean, yeah okay, man, for that, Matt. Right? And it's one of these things where, what is that? Because God knows it. But I hope you know it. And like I said before, if you want that dream to come true, there's a, a wrong way, and then there's God's way. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to do it God's way. And so we're going to look at what we can learn 
um, from David, from his example, and he did it God's way. He did it right. And so here, here are some of the things in these 10 verses that we can get from what, what David did. Uh, number one is, is that uh, if you want your, your aspirations and what's in your heart to actually become a reality, is you got to get good input. You have to get good input. What did David do in this verse? I'm going to read it again in verse one. He said this, David summoned all the officials of Israel to Jerusalem, the leaders of the tribes, the commanders, the generals, the captains, the overseers, the officials, the mighty men, the, the, the mighty men are the people, he, it's the guys he fought with, right? Man, he like, man, they just, they were the band of brothers, you know, um, the brave warriors. They were just these, man, these people, these influencers. These are people that were, he didn't, he didn't share it to the whole nation. He shared it to these key guys. And you know why that's really important? You know why? Because he could have just been king. What do kings do? They do whatever they want to do. They don't need permission. They don't need to ask anybody. They're the king. He could have just said, uh, okay, build the temple. There it is. Hey, everyone gather around. There it is. It's done. But I think David had some wisdom and just said, you know what? I want, I want people to come. And I'm going to share my heart and, and with, with key influencers, key people. And you know what? That's very vulnerable. That's a vulnerable moment. Why? Because out of all those people, someone would have been like this. David, you crazy! <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, he opened himself up to someone that, like, someone didn't agree. Or, but he just shared his heart. And I think that's very important that, man, he, he really kind of took that step. And uh, there was another guy in, in, in David's life that I want to bring up is this guy named Nathan the prophet. And I, I love that because if you read the scriptures, he had a really close relationship with him. And he was David's spiritual advisor. And what Nathan did was advise him on spiritual things because he was a prophet, so he heard from God. Uh, he gave him warnings of, of any rebellions that were rising up. Did you know that Nathan also called him on his sin and kept him accountable? That, that, that was really important, that, that Nathan's job, uh, what was that, to keep him accountable? If you guys recall when David was caught in adultery with Bathsheba, and he actually ended up murdering Bathsheba's husband because he wanted Bathsheba so bad. And he thought he got away with it. Nathan found out. Nathan went to David and said, hey, that's you, man. You did this. And I, I love the fact that David humbly accepted Nathan's uh, rebuke on him and said, you know, man, oh, man, forgive me. Forgive me, Nathan. He, he repented before God. Forgive me, God. And it was Nathan that helped David to stay on track. Amen. And I, I think, we, don't we need that? Amen. And it begs the question, for the thing that is in your heart right now that you would want more of, do you have good people around you? Can I take it a step further? Do you have good godly people filled with the Holy Spirit around you? You might have some good people, but do they know God? You got, you, got, you, you got to make sure that they are hooked up with the Holy Spirit. I like people who are hooked up with the Holy Spirit, you know, and that they would give you good advice and help you out. And, you know, Pastor Carl, you know, uh, last week he announced, we're going to build a building. I'm, I, I'm certain that Pastor Carl on Thursday morning said, you know what? I want to build a building. 
I'm going to announce it to the, <laughs> I'm announce it the church this weekend. No, you know what? We took some steps. He was praying about it. It was on our heart. We went to the church council, we went to the staff, we went to the leaders. It was a year, years-long process of thinking about this, like, you know, looking at the renderings and all that. And then we presented it to you guys. But we, we told some very trusted guys, you know, and hoping, hoping someone would go up, you crazy, let's do that tent forever. But nobody said that, thank God, okay? I'm just saying we, 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 we want to do it in the right way. And who are, who are those people in your life? Right? You know, you know what the trouble is? And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about myself is. You know what the trouble with us is? Google. You know why? We want to Google everything to fix everything, to heal everything. Right? We're self-diagnosers. Anybody? Right? If something's wrong with our bodies all, ooh, Dr. Google time. Mm-mm. You know? If we want to fix our car, YouTube. Anybody with me? Like, we're, we're in an age where we can fix everything by ourselves. We don't need anybody. But can I tell you right now, that doesn't work every single time. And we, we're in a culture of self-diagnosing ourselves and in the spiritual realm. And if your biggest plans are at stake, please don't self-diagnose yourself. Please don't do this by yourself. Get some good input. Get, you know what you need? You need experts in your life. Get some people, you know what I learned in ministry? You know, you know what the success of ministry is? Get some people around you that are smarter than you. That do things that, are, that, that excel in certain different areas and surround yourself with them so that it makes you better, right? And so that there, there's experts in your life and experts, like I said, that are hooked up to the Holy Spirit. When I, when I bought, uh, I, we just purchased a house two years ago. And some of you guys have heard my story and all, but you know, it is a miracle in my eyes. It's a God thing. God hooked me up with experts along the way. And that's why I call it a miracle. You know why? My realtor, she was a Christian. She loved the Lord. She was praying for us. She loved us. You know, I was like, my, my, the, the, the people who financed us found out they loved the Lord too. I'm all, oh, God is good. You know, and then um, we, it was kind of a redo. We had to redo the whole house. My carpenter was a Christian. He just happened to be my brother as well. But that's <laughs> just a coincidence that my brother, <laughs> you know, and my plumber, because all the plumbing was bad, my plumber was a Christian, happened to be my father-in-law as well. But that's okay. And these guys loved the Lord, and they knew what they were doing, because I didn't know what I was doing but I had experts in my camp, and I was like, boom, I can, I can do this. You know what, you need experts, you, need, you, you know what you also need? You need a Nathan that's gonna call you and tell you honest things that may, you might not wanna hear. The vulnerable things, you're leaving yourself up to, to being criticized, and that's, that's the stuff that we fear. That's why we wanna self-diagnose. But you need someone that's gonna be honest with you. You need someone, you know, do you have people in your, in, in, that are close to you that are gonna tell you you have stink breath? Do you have those people like, oh, dude, mint it up. Let's like, come on. Like, you know, I love, um, how many guys know Ilikea uh, Fergie? We call her Kea. She's our service producer. She does service producing here on Sunday mornings. She basically holds our service together. And it's cool, kind of cool. So on a Friday night, I, I was going to do the announcements. And I was just dressed pretty good, but I was, it was cold. So I had this sweater on. And I walked up, and she just looked at me really calmly. She's like, hey, what's up? How you doing? And she's, you know, making, making sure I know everything. And then she just looked at me and said, um, are you going to wear that sweater? <laughs> and I know 
Kea, and she's really honest, and I love her to death, but I, I, I know how to read in between the lines. She's basically saying, you're not going to wear that sweater on stage, are you? <laughs> and I slowly went like this, I'm all, no, I'm not. I'm not going to, uh-uh, mm-mm, I'm not going to wear that sweater. It's like, you know, she's an honest gal, right? And don't you need that in your life? I mean, on a more serious note, like, do you have people that say, man, I'm not sure if she's the right person to marry? I'm not sure if that's the house that you should buy or the people that you should, you know, are you hearing me? On a serious note, are you, do you have people that really love you? Because here's what it says in Proverbs um, 27.6. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Do you have serious, sincere friends that are honest, that really, really love you, don't condemn you? Nathan didn't condemn David. Nathan loved him. So like, I, I, want, I want better for you. And that's why he kept him accountable and, and was honest with him. Get those kind of people. Uh, here's the second thing we can learn from David, and this is super important, is that it, it, to, to have your dreams and what's in your heart to become a reality, you got to know God intimately. You have to know God intimately. And when he was talking to his son, his, the heir to the throne, he literally was saying this, okay, hey, son, I got a plan for you, and I'm going to help you out here, but here's the secret to my success. That's literally what he's saying, and he says this, and Solomon in verse 9, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind, for the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him, but if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. He's telling him the secret to his success. And what, what's the first thing he says? Know God intimately. Know the voice of the Lord. Jesus said, right, uh, um, my shepherd, listen to my voice and obey and follow me. My shepherd, right? If you are close with the Lord, you know his voice. You guys are married. When you, if your spouse calls you, you don't, you don't ask, wait, who is this? Right? Like they, 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 you answer the phone and go, hey, hey, hon, right? You know exactly when they call you. You don't have to look at the ID. You know their voice. And Jesus is saying, my sheep know my voice. Do you know God's voice? Because you, you have to tap into that because you know, what, you know what? The most amazing thing is David knew this very well because he wrote one of my favorite Psalms in Psalm 37.4. Uh, he, he, he said this. He said, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Take the light in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. David wrote this out of his heart going, I know this to be true. You know what our problem is? You know what my problem is? Is that I want my heart's desire to come true, but I don't want to take the time to delight, to, to delight in the Lord. Anybody hearing me? You want one, but you don't want to do the other. We want the prayer of Jabez to happen in our lives. God, yeah, I want the blessing, and I want the expansion, but I don't want you to be in my business, God. Did I step in some toes? I'm stepping on mine because, man, there's, there's so many times where I just like, I want the blessing, but it's like, oh, can you just stay over there while I do my thing because I think I can do a better job of it. I, I want the control and... Man, sometimes, you know what? David was right when he says, you know what? Those things go hand in hand. If you want your heart's desire, the desire to come true, delight in the Lord. 
know what delighting is? Enjoy him. It's not just read your Bible in the morning. It's like, enjoy God. He's enjoying you. Enjoy him. Delight in him and, and your heart's desire. And, and, and how, how David says it here, uh, and I love the way he kind of adds to it a little bit. He says, know the God of your ancestors intimately. He says this, worship and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. A whole heart and a willing mind. What does that mean? With a whole heart, how do you worship God with a whole heart? It's, it's all your worship. It's everything to him. You know why the opposite of that is, is a half heart, which means something is in competition for worship of God in your life. Something's competing for, for, that, for that, um, that thought life, that thing that consumes you, right? What consumes you? What are you thinking about all the time? I know this is a funny example, but you know, a lot of times I wake up in the morning and I'm like, man, I wanna, I wanna worship, I wanna pray, pray to God, I wanna turn on some, some worship music, I wanna read the Bible, but I really gotta finish that Sudoku puzzle. It's killing me. I'm obsessed with it. Anybody with me? Okay, I'm alone, I'm alone in the room. I get, obs- I get obsessed with things that steal my mind, steal my thoughts, Amen. and steal my worship. Amen. And what, what is stealing uh, God's worship, your worship? What is stealing the wholeheartedness to him? And I think David, I think David really, really learned this lesson. I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking about it. David really learned this lesson, like I mentioned before, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. I really believe at that moment he wasn't worshiping the Lord wholeheartedly. Why? Because he had a a distraction in his life. He had something else that was consuming his mind. And he, man, to think about, to go to the place of, I'm going to commit adultery. I'm going to take his husband, her husband out of the picture. And he was just, he was split in worship. And God, and David is saying, you know what, son? My son, Solomon, my dear son, worship God wholeheartedly. Don't have anything in competition. Then he says this, a willing mind. How do you worship God with a willing mind? Well, basically, it's it's you're open to God's plan versus your plan. That you're you're open for God to tweak it a little bit or tweak it a lot. Um, I mean, the backstory of, of, of David building the temple was that he shared it with someone else before he even shared it with this whole group here in these verses. He shared it with Nathan in 2 Samuel. He said, Nathan, it's in my heart, my heart's desire that I want to build a temple. And then Nathan said, great, that's a great idea. Let's do it. But you know what happened? That night, God spoke to Nathan. And he actually told Nathan this. Nathan, I want you to tell David this in 2 Samuel verse 7. He says, Tell David, furthermore, the Lord declares that he will make a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. Get this. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name. I will secure his royal throne forever. Now, this is a very encouraging word for the Lord, but you know what? It wasn't in David's heart. What was David's heart? I want to build the temple in my lifetime and enjoy it because I love the Lord. I've worked hard for you, God, and I want, I want a house for you, and I want to enjoy it in my lifetime. God comes back and says, you know what? That's great. That's great, but you're not the one that's going to build it. You're not going to see it in your lifetime. Your son is going to build it. 
man, how's that? A little bust the bubble a little bit and go, that wasn't my plan. And God tweaked it a little bit. But you know what I love about this verse? You have to catch this. This is, I caught it when I studied for this. I'm like, oh, that's powerful. It, it says this, God, David's heart's desire was to build a house for God. In this verse, God is saying to David, David, you want to build a house for me? Guess what? I'm going to build a house for you. And you know what God meant by that? Is I'm going to establish your kingdom forever. And did he do that? Did you know Jesus is in the line of David? That Jesus, that David was a descendant of Jesus and he predicted that? And that Jesus, because of the cross and the death on the cross and his resurrection, that, that Jesus is still king of all kings and lord of all lords? And that his kingdom is lasting forever? That, that God held onto his promise? That David wanted to give God a house, but God gave him, gave him a house. And guess what? We're still in that house. Praise the Lord. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a cool thing. And so, um, but, but God tweaked it a little bit. What if God changed your plans a little bit? Ooh, what if what's in your heart right now and God did a little bit of tweaking? Are you open to it? Or are you gonna be like, I'm gonna do it my way. Boom, you're out of here, God. And you gotta be, you gotta be open to that. Um, yeah, I, have a, I have a story similar to that because when I, um, when I, Graduated from high school, I went on a mission trip to Okinawa, and I got called by the Lord to get into ministry. And so, uh, uh, to me, it was very clear that here's what I'm going to do: I'm going to um, I'm going to go to Japan to be a missionary. I'm going to learn how to teach English as a second language. I'm going to go there. I'm going to hook up with churches, and I'm going to make a big, huge impact in Japan. And Japan is going to thank me for saving them for Jesus Christ. It will no longer be a missionary graveyard because Tom Lendeza came and conquered. You know, and I, I had these like, these great grandiose ideas. And so, you know what? I actually went to school because, for that. I actually took, uh, I graduated with English as a second language. I studied Japanese culture and I was ready to go. And right when I was ready to go, um, I graduated from college, Mike Kai, pastor of Inspire Church right now, who was a, a, a high school pastor, he called me up and he said, hey, do you want to be the junior high pastor? And so um, I accepted the job with all the holiest motives in the world. I needed money. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't pray about it. I'm going to be honest. I didn't seek the Lord about it. I needed a job. <laughs> Mike Kai was offering me a job. I had youth experience, and my whole idea was this. Cool, I'll hang out with a bunch of junior hires for a couple of years. I'll build up some money, and then the real reason was God called me to Japan. I'm going to be a missionary, and I'm going, to, I'm going to do what God called me to do. That was the whole plan. And while I got into the position that I didn't even pray about, God called me to this, and I fell in love with the junior hires, fell in love with what I was doing. God tweaked my heart a little bit and said, I want you to stay here. And I'm like, God, that's not what you called me. No, Tom, you know, what, you know what I called you to, to do? I called you to say yes to me. Amen. That's what God confirmed in my heart. God, Tom, I love you because you said yes. That's all, that's all I needed you to do. And I was just going to lead you down, down the path. And then it, because you're saying yes, I'm going to tweak it a little bit. And you know what the most awesome thing? When I got hired for the next 12 years, once a year I brought a team to Japan every single year as, a, as a, on a missionary tour, right? So here's God going, Tom, I know you love ramen. 
I know your heart's desire. Come on. I'm going to take care of you. And so for 12 years, he took care of me in my heart's desire that I did go to Japan. I didn't live there. It wasn't the original plan. It was tweaked a little bit. But here's, here's the one thing that I tapped into was God's perspective. David thought in his lifetime. God thought eternity. I was thinking in my lifetime, in my thing. And God was like, no, I'm thinking generations. You know one thing I didn't know? That God wanted me, me to be here when Pastor Carl took over 13 years later. God wanted me to be here to do that, and God, I didn't know that then. But I tapped into a bigger perspective because I was trying to be close to the Lord. Are you guys hearing me? Yeah. And then, so that's very important that you be open to God's tweaking and that. And the last thing I'm gonna close with this is that uh, you take it seriously. You take it seriously. In verse 10 uh, of that same verse in, in, in Chronicles 28, here's David, his last words to his son, instructions to us as a, so take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as his sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. What, what David is telling Solomon is, man, own it. I'm the king now, but you're gonna be the king. So you have to own it. Be serious about it. Take the Lord seriously. Take your job seriously. Do the work. Put your hands to the plow. And, and be, you know why? Because it ain't gonna be easy. There's, you're gonna, you're, it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to do things that are difficult, and you need that seriousness and that passion and that drive to keep you going. You need to, you know, I love you, but you know what? You still got to do work. You got to do your, God's basically saying, you got to do your, your part, and I'm going to do my part. But you still got to do your part, you know, and, and you, need the, you need that gumption, that seriousness uh, to, to do it, you know, um, you know, Man, I love the fact that we are, our first act of this project uh, for making reform is prayer. And that's the way it should be, amen? amen? Is, man, we're going to God. We're asking you to pray. Tammy's doing the prayer every single morning here, right? Uh, at six o'clock, man, that's a godly hour, man. That's, like, that's where the holy people dwell, this, right? They're doing a prayer walk. But I gotta tell you one thing. We're gonna, we can pray all we want on our knees for years and years. I'm sorry, but the, Holy Spirit, the, the, the building is not gonna just pop up because of our prayer. God's saying, you know what? I'm gonna do my part, but you gotta do your part because I gave you a brain. I gave you creativity. I gave you hands and feet. And I want you to be a part of this miracle. I want you to be a part of this blessing and this, and this process. And, and it's in here too, David, Right? He made the plans. He got all the materials for Solomon. We're going to read that later. He did all that because he, he took it seriously. And he's passing that off to his son. I'm doing all of this. I, I, you need to make it happen. Take it seriously because one day you're going to make it really happen. You know? And, you know, sometimes I heard this. I'm totally stealing this from somebody else. But sometimes we're waiting on God to act. But God is waiting for us to move. Ooh, right? Amen. We're all, God, can you do this? So can you get off the couch first? <laughs> then I'll do stuff, you know? And, and, and actually, I'm a, I know this because I, I told you my glorious story of how I went to UH and I became a minister and all that. Uh, the backstory and the uh, part I'm not really proud of is that uh, I went to, to UH for 10 years and I'm not a doctor. And you know why? Because for eight years, I didn't take the calling seriously. I didn't take what God told me to do seriously. And I wanted to, 
uh, surf crouching lions more I wanted to go to economics class. Um, I wanted to hang out with my girlfriend. And I just, I, just wanted to, I wanted to play around. I was in my 20s. And I didn't know a lot of us do that. But I just didn't take it seriously for eight years. And I just, I, I got kicked out of UH. Yep, I'm your pastor. That's right. Hey, I'm on staff. That's right. Um, went to Windward. Windward, WCC. Yep. I got my grades back up. And I went back to UH. I, I wrote a letter. Please accept me back. And they did. And I got serious because, you know why I got serious? is because God reminded me, did I call you to do this or what? And are you going to complete the task? Are you going to get serious about this? Because I need you to graduate. <laughs> That's what God will say. I need you to do, I need you, then stop dilly-dallying and get serious about this. And so I got serious. And I, man, I'm a good student. I got straight A's. I, got, I mean, I did really good. And it, it was only when I graduated that God's all, now, guess what? Mike Kai is going to call you up and I'm going to establish your future. But I had to take it seriously first. Amen? So uh, with that said, I, I want to encourage you guys. Man, in this room is a lot of dreams, aspirations, big hopes. What's in your heart right now? Everyone has one. I'm sorry I called you a liar earlier. <laughs> but you do. You got something that you want more. Amen. And I want to encourage you, do it God's way. Get some good input around you. Get some good friends around you. Get some honest people. Get some experts around you that are hooked up with the Holy Spirit that are gonna uh, give you some good advice. Know God intimately and know the, the voice of the Lord so that you can be open to his tweaking. You, you gotta be open to the tweaking of the Lord. And then you know what? When you finally found out what, find out what that is, is be serious about it. Take God seriously and take Take your, your, your future seriously. And that means putting the hands to the plow sometimes and taking some, some risks and leaps of faith. And so um, I hope that was good for you guys. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I, I, I yeah, represented in this room is a lot, a lot of hopes, a lot of dreams, a lot of wanting for more. Lord, and a lot of those you planted there that you want, you agree with those things and uh, you want to be so involved in all of that. And Lord, I just pray for every single person here that we would have good friends around us, good people around us that would be guiding us in godly advice and that we would know your voice. Lord, teach us to know your voice, to hear it and to be open to, to change or to different perspective, your eternal perspective, Lord. And I pray, Father God, too, that we have the strength, uh, the, the gumption, the faith to to, to take it seriously, God. And Lord, I, I do. I pray, Father God, Psalm 37 all, all, over all of us, that as we delight in you, and I pray that we do delight in you, enjoy you, that you would give us our heart's desire. I thank you for that. All eyes, with all eyes closed and head bowed, I just wanna say one more prayer. And that prayer is for anyone to say yes to Jesus. Saying yes to Jesus is simply acknowledging that Jesus Christ died for you and that he rose from the grave three days later. I hope you know that story. The story is, is that Jesus came on this earth. He was God, but he became human and he was killed on the cross, but he willingly allowed himself to be killed because um, we should die because of our sin, but he died in our place instead. He died in our place instead. Can I be more specific? He died in your place instead. And we are covered by the grace of, of the Lord. 
And he rose again from the grave three days later by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in one weekend, he has conquered sin in our life and he conquered death in our lives because we can rise with him a new creation. And the most amazing thing, all that stuff he did, all he asks of us is to say, yes, Jesus, I believe that. Isn't that simple? He did all of that to make it easy for us to come to him, to say, yes, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. Yes, Jesus, I believe because of that I am set free from my sin. Yes, I believe in your resurrection and that I am rising with you, a new creation in Christ. And in that moment, when you say yes, you'll become a born-again Christian, a follower of Jesus. If you want that this morning, maybe it's the first time that you're doing this. Maybe this is a rededication where you said a prayer like this a while ago, but you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. If that's you this morning, either one, I want to say a prayer with you. Actually, I'm going to lead, lead you in a prayer that you're going to pray to Jesus himself under your breath. You're going to hitchhike off of my words. If you want to say that prayer with me to say yes to Jesus this morning, can you let me know? Let me know by raising your hand right now that you want to say yes and become a born-again Christian this morning. Anybody here? Raise your hand right now. We got one. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? We got another one? Awesome. Okay, cool. We got two? Cool. Awesome. I'm sorry. Yeah, anybody else want to make a commitment to Jesus Christ this morning, either for the first time or a rededication? We got another one. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I see you. I see you over there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. Thank you for doing that. Awesome. Okay. Say this prayer with me now. Say it kind of hitchhiking off my words like I said. Lord Jesus, I come before you and I declare I believe what you did. You died on the cross for me. You died on the cross for me. I should be there, but you died for me instead. And because of that, I am forgiven of sin. I'm an adopted child of God. And when I pass from this earth, I get to be with you in eternity. That's the most amazing thing. I believe in your resurrection. I rose from the grave with you, and I'm a new creation. My sin is put to death. My old man is put to death. I am a new person. I am new in Jesus. And I declare that I surrender my life to you. I declare myself born again, a Christian, a follower of you. I thank you, my Lord and Savior, in Jesus. Precious name, we all pray. Amen. Hey, let's give those people a hand.